Support for Laser Time is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code LASERTIME. One word, LASERTIME, at manscaped.com. Once again, that promo code is LASERTIME for 20% off and free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com. And welcome to episode 418 of Vidja Game Apocalypse. I'm your Aww. host, Michael Rapares, coming to you from the unseasonally spooky Christopher Hare Memorial Studio <laughs> of the Airwaves. If you want to get on the studio naming action, go to patreon.com slash laser time. Who else is joining me? Uh, Chris is cold, Antista. <laughs> God, that was a terrible nickname. <laughs> and uh, tertiary Resident Evil protagonist that you forget about immediately after playing Matthew Allen. Oh, yeah. I've played a few of those. It's Resident Evil 8 week at Resident Evil Village, as everyone Village. keeps mm-hmm. insisting on calling it, which is fine. And we will have a special guest who has reviewed it for PCMag.com. Mike Williams will be joining us in the second segment to talk about it. In the meantime, we are going to celebrate the only way we know how by... Putting together a themed top five list around it. It went through through a few ideas, and after thinking like, uh, this sounds too vanilla, this sounds too horrifying, I settled on something that I noticed in the demo of Resident Evil 8. It's really good, but it which, took Which me, one? You talking castle or village demo? Because they had the uh, two. Both of them. Or three, them. actually. I, I've, I've played both castle and village at this point, and maiden. But we're yeah. not counting Maiden because that's that's different. That's less of a vertical slice. But something I noticed in the Castle and Village demos is that they both have things in there that are meant to herd you in the intended direction to advance the story. The village, there's a bit where you enter a hut and you're supposed to go out the back and find an entryway over the this fence that you're trying to get past, and if you instead go out the front door, you will be met by a whole bunch of lichens ready to pound you into dust. And in the castle, there is a bit where a vampire lady appears, and you can try to shoot at her, but she cannot be dispersed, so all you can do is run to the next point where you're supposed to fall through or break through to uh, to advance the plot. But these are not the first time that Resident Evil has employed such tactics. In fact, this yeah. series has a very rich history of introducing characters that are more or less indestructible and stalk you everywhere. You can't hide from me, boy! Yeah, like that guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ooh, he's awful. <laughs> Some people think, like, what, like Nemesis? It's like, well, Nemesis was not the beginning of this trend, and he was... Far from the end, he might be the most iconic, but um, yeah. Well, well, his name was in the title. It, it was in the title. Yeah, I and, think that's, it's not fair. You know, he has has a very uh, memorable face. We'll say uh, <laughs> it's true. I, remember I, I, I saw that video Brett and I made on the Capcom blog. We went to that Resident Evil themed restaurant, and like it's all centered around the nemesis. Oh wow! Like yeah, a, like a, a face yeah, you want to look at while you're eating. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But the nemesis: the food, men want to be him, women want to flee him. 
<laughs> well, I think I think the reason the series has so many of these, a lot of them are kind of of the same type of monster in the series. There, let's. I know we'll go into it during the top five, but it's kind of their version of like the Terminator, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's they're like, yeah, their their whole purpose is to hunt you down and kill you, and they will follow you relentlessly until they do. Yeah. Um, and even at one point in three, I think. It breaks that fourth wall. It does what you never should do. He breaks through into the save room, right? It scares the crud right. out of you. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, and it's a very specific save room, I think. But anyway, yeah, let's let's just cut to the chase and get into ah, these chasers. <laughs> can I, get, can I get out a light plug for something important to me? Of course. It's the last day to donate to the uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 Kickstarter. And it's my favorite thing in the world. And if you were on the fence about it, Go and do it. Um, yes. After being a patron here, patreon.com slash laser time. But the only thing that I feel like would make uh, the world a little better for me right now is a little more MST. Just wanted to just want to uh, circulate the URL. Make more MST.com. Keep circulating the Earls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what my last backer t-shirt says. Nice. When, when you refer to it as MST, I feel like we're on the Joe Rogan podcast and it's like some drug or chemical he's telling us. Yeah. MST, yeah. MST 3000. You want to get your MST? hyperbolic chamber and just drop a little MST? <laughs> <laughs> See? It works. You know, if you... If, if your blood if your blood cells are low, I don't know why he's Alex Jones, but you know it's, it's not that uh, I different. I mean, you know, <laughs> I I do, I know why. <laughs> same, same literature, mm-hmm. the same, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a younger Feels weird to mention them in the same sentence with literature. Here's a little conspiracy <laughs> I found while I was forest bathing. Just, uh... Damn it. Michael made me do a spit take. I just spat yes. margarita all over my keyboard. <laughs> it's Cinco de Mayo as we're recording, by the way. I got a little. If you hear ice, uh, dear listeners, that's my margarita. I do apologize. Sure to shoot up some MST while you're sleeping in your <laughs> sensory deprivation chamber to enhance your sexual prowess. <laughs> just, you can go out and strangle your own elk. Like people, <laughs> MST is a good thing, and you should enjoy it with your children. So it's, don't. It's the only things. thing that is going to save you from the lizard people. I'll tell you right now, brother. And now, no, see, now I'm, just I'm just doing him as Hulk Hogan. Yeah, he's, he's slipping into Jesse Ventura territory. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. Very similar. Yeah. <laughs> well. Mm-hmm. Two people who run conspiracy shows, yeah. From 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 a very specific part of the country. <laughs> they really sound exactly the same. I warned you about Adrenochrome 25 years ago. I warned you about Hulk Hogan when he was sleeping on a rock-hard pillow. He didn't have my pillow. <laughs> well, you just said Francis McDormand a little bit. You were, like the little... Like... So you were having sex with the little guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the video game talk. Uh, this has been Vigi Game Apocalypse. Oh. Let's take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some fucking chaser creatures. Stay tuned. Chris. Matt. Come with me mm. on a journey of the mind. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. Mm. You, too, could be one of the first people to try the new Lawnmower 4.0 and be blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. We've talked about our trials and travails while trying to tame the 
hair down there. Let's just say that areas of the body were placed in peril that should never be put in such precarious positions. I've been manscaping for a very long time, oftentimes with painful results. I don't know why those other trimmer guys even call those things guards, because it certainly wasn't doing its job in guarding anything <laughs> the times that it resulted in injury. Take my word for it. Manscaping has always been something I've been very much into, and no one made a product specifically for and I didn't think I could be happier with the previous Manscaper, but man, I cannot wait to try the Lawnmower 4.0. Chris, Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my beautiful baby boys down under. This upgraded trimmer includes a multifunction on and off switch with a travel lock so that you don't run out of battery when you're on the go. It doesn't accidentally turn on there in your bag. Not that you would run out of battery, because get this, the 4.0 features a new wireless charging system that uses Whoa. electromagnetic induction, Whoa. which can help your battery last longer. So longer charge, shorter hairs. Ah. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes one through four. It's true. It's true, fellas. You got to figure out which one's right for you because if you're like me and have a hairy tummy or everywhere else, you can't just go shorn, have it look like a brush fire occurred in the middle of your body. Yeah, this isn't a one size fits all thing. I go a little bit longer in the chest region. Mm -hmm. I go with, it's the Magnum, is what I call it, the Magnum PI look. But this also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on or off when needed for a more precise shave. The other thing, I gotta mention it here. Fellas, if you've been using the same trimmer on your face that you do mm -hmm. on your nuts, don't do that. You are doing it all wrong. No one wants to end up with pubes in their mouth. That's <laughs> disgusting. It's time to get your own ball hair and body trimmer with Manscaped to make mm -hmm. me time the best time and enhance your confidence with some nice, smooth baby boys. Mm -hmm. And right now, Chris, our listeners can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. That's right. 20% off, free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code LASERTIME. One word, baby. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. And we're back to talk about what? Fucking chaser creatures. Yeah, chaser creatures. Yeah, Beginning. Man, chaser variants. Yeah. Beginning with oh. this guy. Number five. What the hell is that thing? He's tracking us. Well, technically you. Uh, who remembers Troy Baker's bravura performance as Jake Muller in Resident Evil 6? Six? Yeah, they paid I, Baker to do that? <laughs> to just did? be a monster? Yeah, and uh, Jake and Sherry Birkin, adult Sherry Birkin, one of the four story, the protagonist of one of the four storylines in Resident Evil 6. Just insane. And they were chased intermittently by a hulking creature called Ustanak. And Ustanak looked like a shirtless barbarian, and when his, his mask comes off, he looks like Leatherface, like his face is all fucked up and impossible to read. And he's missing half of an arm and has a big uh, metal arm, like a, a cybernetic arm that clips on and has different things. Like he has a big claw for capturing people so that he can grab onto one of the protagonists while the other one tries to free them because it's co-op. Uh, he, he has a gun arm. It's like three Gatling guns or something that he, he, he uses to shoot at you during an aerial chase sequence. 
Great. And, so, so Umbrella has its own Winter Soldier, is what you're telling me. Well, not Umbrella exactly. You want to tell me what that big friggin' behemoth was and why he's trying to kill me? Things just like the Juavo, a bioorganic weapon created with the C virus. He's being used by a terrorist organization called Neo Umbrella. Never heard of him. See, Neo Umbrella, totally right. different. Totally Whoa. different. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and in that storyline. <laughs> Uh, what if he just was like, Umbrella I've heard of, but new yeah. Umbrella, that sounds ridiculous. Never, never. What? What is that? What does that even mean? Well, well oh, I know what Ustinak means, because I just read a wiki page. It's Serbian for revolution. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I was thinking it was some a la carte backwards bullshit. I just kept looking <laughs> at it. I think so. <laughs> but, but yeah, he just, he just kind of shows up. He's a little bit scary at first, but... Toward the end, Jake Muller's like confronting him on a bridge and saying like, oh, mano a mano, this is more like it. And then you're fist fighting the giant goon. And it's just like, well, this this isn't exactly scary anymore. Resident Evil 6 was a game with a lot of wrestling moves for some reason. But going back and revisiting it, like I know it, it caught a lot of flack when it came out. Got some real low scores. I kind of liked it. I, f- I feel like in retrospect, like it was a decent action game. And a terrible Resident Evil game. Like, everything mm. that was, you know, that was kind of showing its age about Resident Evil at the time kind of was coalescing in that game. It was just, like, big action set pieces. There's tons of monsters, but they're really just targets for you to take down with increasingly extravagant guns and martial arts moves. And there's seven characters. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. I thought was, like, the most indicative of, like, these kind of projects really benefit from someone with a vision who can make decisions. And <laughs> when you have seven protagonists and you want to include every game genre that exists. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. I, I think it's also just this happens with almost all pop culture is if something has been running long enough, the lore just tends to like start to eat itself and fold layers upon layers. And eventually mm-hmm. almost everything ends up getting a reboot. And that's why seven was just like, nah, you're just a dude in a house again. Yeah. And you know, and I admire it. it they, they threw out, they kind of threw out the stuff from six without throwing it out. Like it can always be revisited. Yeah. Like a comic book. But like that stuff doesn't affect everybody in every corner of the world or in, you know, yeah. this little bog in Louisiana. But yeah, like, let's see that that game, it was like everything but the kitchen sink. The playable characters were Leon, Chris, Ada Wong, an adult Sherry Birkin. Plus uh, Jake Muller, the the Troy Baker character, and mm-hmm. Piers Nivens, who I, has never been heard from again. He's he's like Chris's partner, and yes. uh, Helena something. I don't have that in front of me. Who's <laughs> Leon's was, partner? It was really like my favorite character in that game, just because like the actor actor was pretty fucking good. Yeah, the idea was like each campaign is supposed to strike a different tone, like. Leon's campaign is, is supposed to be like this is traditional survival horror. You, you don't get a lot of bullets. You can suplex monsters, but not as many. There's, it's more zombie focused. And then like Chris and Piers are just like, yeah, we've got tons of guns and tons of bullets. We're just shooting the shit out of everything. It's all about tactics and speed. And, and I, I, yeah. I barely even remember what Jake and Sherry's campaign. I was. mean, that's I mean, as players, we all know, like, yeah, you want variety in your game you don't necessarily want six different games in the same game it's like i'm i'm playing resident evil to play a survival horror game you know and also they have their action branded line it's like oh if you want a more action-oriented re experience play the the more shooter types or whatever right Mm -hmm. but like a mainline re 
you, most people are there to be playing your survival horror game. And this sounds like it had that as well as everything else. Yeah. And everything just sort of came crashing together. All, all of the lore, all of the characters, sort of. Um, and, but it was, it's like, this is the most action-y RE. Like, I think the, the best thing about it is like, there's an unlockable fourth campaign. I think they might have made it unlockable from the start with a patch later on so you could just play it with Ada Wong. And that kind of mm. hits more traditional horror and stealth notes. And like, I, I thought it was better than all three of the other campaigns put together. But Ustanak ha- has some memorable bits. A lot of them are, are very quick time event focused, but at one point he, he, uh, puts on a big daddy style drill and chases you around a mine. So what do you do? You turn the tables on him, you find a giant drilling machine and, uh, just crash it into him again with a quick time event to drive the drill home. That is the sound of a tank-sized rock drill pinning Ustanak against a wall and impaling him. And then the heroes being stupid because they don't know how these games work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be fine. That yeah. guy's never coming back. We're, no, we're good. No, I'm, I'm sure we won't. We, that's the last we've seen of him, and we certainly don't have at least three more boss battles against him coming up. Well, you know, as Chris has mentioned on the show before, you got to build up to the rocket launcher. Yeah, that's yeah, that, exactly. You got, that's got to be the last thing to take him down. <laughs> Always moving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move along to one I didn't really know about prior to this. Number four. Jill, what's wrong? I found the target, but she's a zombie. Isn't that always the case? Yep, always. <laughs> and I didn't know about her because I had never gotten very far into Resident Evil Revelations. Oh, well, technically then she's not a zombie. Mm. She's an ooze. She's an ooze, yes. What's her secret? Ooze? Did, but it did their se- yeah. secret of the ooze. Never mind, never uh, mind. I got it, I got it. Uh, so yes, this is Rachel, who uh, is an agent for the FBC, the Federal Bioterrorism Commission, which is a precursor to the BSAA. And all you really need to know is like this is a sort of rival agency that also fights bioweapons and a rival to the one that sent uh, Jill and Chris on their mission. It doesn't really matter. But uh, she is a... Woman that you find early on in the adventure is a corpse that oozes are apparently chewing on, and uh, she has a skin-tight wetsuit and a lot of cleavage, and uh, her hair pulled down over her eyes, which is then incorporated into her design where she starts walking around as an ooze zombie who's quite a bit bigger than the others and more powerful and more persistent, and her appearances mostly involve harassing you in tight corridors and making you waste all your ammo on uh, trying to get her to duck into vents and escape. And it sounds a lot like this. <laughs> yeah, she giggles a lot when she grabs you. 
Her her head, which seems like mostly intact and almost human, flips up in the middle, and the big lamprey jaw thing that those oozes have comes out and starts biting on you. It's pretty it, gross. Yeah, it's pretty gross, but sort of hot also. <laughs> and you can play as her in the raid mode, which is like the challenge mode. You can play as her in the versions that came out for platforms other than the 3DS, either before transformation or with DLC after which is neat. And after that first fight, which which is, again, her just like sliding out, getting the drop on you while you're dealing with other oozes and attacking and then ducking back into vents when you shoot her enough times, she shows up a few times later in the game to, to harass you and your, your partner, Parker, who finds the whole thing just really annoying. Where's Rachel? She's still alive. Sorry, but I don't have time to Remind me of the timeline. When does Revelations take place? Is that bef- is this a prequel series or when? Where does this all fit between in? four and five, I think. Hmm. Okay, but, but it's, I, it's Chris I, with Jill, right? It's, it's I don't it's, even know what you'd call it. It just became pretty big. At, at, it was a 3DS game, and yeah. I believe eventually hit every other goddamn platform, which yep. is not something that normally happens two 3ds games nope and it got its own sequel which is supposed to be pretty good was episodic i never really got into it but uh but that that was kind of like the it was marketed like okay well as we get resident evil 5 and 6 and resident evil becomes more and more action focused this is kind of where the horror is like this is a, a bit slower your you know ammo is scarcer and uh, you're you're crammed into tight spaces with monsters and a bit of a different vibe. I, I wish they would have com- – that makes perfect sense and I wish uh, Capcom would have communicated that more clearly. Like, yeah, uh, the mainline series is going to be more action-y and Revelations, if you want the more classic RE experience, is the game to buy. Mm-hmm. Never knew well, enough sure. about Revelations to be like, why? why? I mean, it might as well have been Umbrella Chronicles to me. Like, I'm just like, oh, it's a spin-off series? Yeah, I probably don't need to play this. But it's not a light gun shooter. No, it's not. Nobody really cares that much about light gun shooters these days. I well, because we couldn't, because TVs couldn't handle them, and you know. Yeah, yeah, true. And and now you just do VR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's great. It's great, but clearly not as great as number three. Get it? It's number three, Nemesis? <laughs> yeah, you, you know he's dead. You know he's dead. Oh, yeah, Brad's totally dead. So that, that was from the original PS1 uh, version of Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, and it got a remake recently, which was pretty good. Uh, added a bunch <laughs> of cool stuff with Nemesis, although, you know, I know everybody, there, there are a bunch of people screaming like, why isn't he number one? He's the most iconic and a number of reasons. I feel like he's been done better since yeah. this. And also, the dirty little secret about Nemesis was they always pumped him up as he's like this randomized stalker character. And not really. He's mostly scripted. It's just that his his uh, appearances are artfully designed to make them seem random sometimes. There is a a portion near the beginning of Resident Evil 3 Remake where he will actually be somewhat randomized. Like, he'll he'll just be wandering around and all of a sudden, like, shit, there he is! 
and yep. uh, and it does it does play with you a bit because if you have played a previous Resident Evil game, you might expect that safe rooms or save rooms will be safe from this oversized stalker. And in a lot of places in in that early part of the game, that is true. He will not enter a lot of save rooms. So when you get to the save room by the garage, if he's chasing you, you might think that you're safe, especially when this uh, the, the music kind of dies down. Oh, wait! He's back! Oh, yeah. He's muscling his way through the door! He's confronting you in front of your typewriter! Shit! No! Yeah, that is always the weirdest part. Like when you play Resident Evil games, as long as, long as you can make it to the safe room, like he'll be right behind you and just like, all right, fine, guess I gotta walk away. Dunk, 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 and you're like, dude, just wait in front of the door. I'm, I'll be out in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> just you know, hang on. Let me, uh, let me powder my nose. I'll be right out. Yeah, to, and they use what, use again. this typewriter tape to save as as you do. Um, this is when I when I was referring to the the Terminators. Mm-hmm. So these are the tyrants. They they yes. are the they're made from the, I guess it's the T virus, right? And like literally, when I when I say they're like Terminators, like the line is referred to as like it's the T one hundred threes and stuff oh. like that. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, they're straight up just they're like copying the Terminator of like, yeah, which are Arnold series is the T eight hundred, the T one thousand is the one from Terminator two, the all metal guy. But anyway, they're sure, they're sure, whole T one hundred three is your new rock station. Be yeah, sure T one hundred three. Your new rock station with one giant claw and a heart on the outside. Right, T103, where the rock never stops. Where the rock um, never is your new rock station coming up some ACDC and some stain. The newest <laughs> rock we can come up with in 2021. We're on a highway to hell. No, but the, yeah, so the T-Series project, they were like what is regarded as like the culmination of this is the best these experiments did. The whole, because you know, the whole Resident Evil series is like, well, it's, it's bioweapons. They're experimenting with bioweapons. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, the creatures are like, oh, this is the bioweapons gone wrong. And yes, they're deadly, but they're uncontrollable. And it's like, no, the tyrants are like deadly and you can sick them on someone and that shit actually works. And I think the way they hunt people is like through smell even. It's just like, oh, yeah, I can I pick up their scent and now you're fucked, you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, well, it's hard to imagine how else he always seems to know exactly where Jill is at any given time. And. I think uh, in the remake, especially that that part near the beginning of the game where he can seemingly show up at random is really effective. And he's actually quite scary. And there's always the worry that, like, you're going to be right in the middle of something else and he's going to show up and and just completely throw your rhythm off. Again, very real fear most of the time. And then uh, as you get through the game, he starts mutating a bit and becomes bigger and more horrifying and it just you know he only shows up for these huge extravagant boss fights but you know it's you always have the memory of when he chased you through narrow alleyways with a rocket launcher yeah yeah i love that they gave him a rocket launcher like yeah he had one in the original too well, he, he also has these, like, tendrils that can literally, like, tear through human flesh. They're, like, mm-hmm. these super powerful, like, tendrils. It's like, yeah, but we better give him a rocket launcher just to be uh, safe. I don't go anywhere without my Glock. <laughs> it's, it's just a part of me. Yeah. And and you can, uh, you can successfully fight him and bring him down, and he'll usually drop, like, uh, you know, some goodies, whether it's, like, gun parts or ammo, whatever. But it's always temporary. 
once you get him down, you should probably leave as quickly as possible. Because, you know, he'll always be back. But the remake, there's something that with RE7 and Resident Evil games since then, it seems like they often need to add, for whatever reason, a bit where you're driving a car in a confined space. Now, Resident Evil 3 is no different. It adds a confrontation on the rooftop of a parking garage where Jill straight up crashes into Nemesis and uh, pushes him off the side of the roof. It's my turn, bitch! surprisingly she walks away from that is is not grievously injured it's weird that the one way she wants to kill him is the way that no one ever dies in movie or tv of falling never. to their death like no never. one really dies that way yeah. in movies but it, it is kind of impressive you get that that uh, jill's eye view of you know not only crashing him into him and then he like you know tries to just stand there and stop the car but gradually pushing him off the side of the roof and going down with him and just the car just fucking slams into him as he slams into the concrete. So it's like, this should cut him in half. Of course he's fine. Of course he's going to get right up again. He's fucking nemesis. He's practically indestructible. Yeah. Um, but a character who's indestructible in different ways is this guy. Number two. I I'm on to you. I got the gift running all through me. All, all through me. <laughs> so, Jack oh, Baker. Oh, Jack Baker. The dad. The dad yeah. of the weird cannibal family. Yeah. That, uh, Resident Evil 7. Yeah. Scare the shit out of me. Uh, this is one of the one of the scariest moments in recent gaming memory when he when he comes through that wall. When, mm-hmm. you know, you like, there's that first, one of the first scenes in the game, you're at this table, it's fucking gross, they're like eating what you can only assume to be human remains in front of you, then they all go away, and you're like, oh great, I'm gonna, I'm gonna escape, make a break for it, and dude walks through a wall to get to you, yep. and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> it's, it's a great moment, because he's, he like, chases you into the dining room, smashes his own dining room table with that weird axe, polearm, whatever the hell it is he carries, and as, as you're, like, running past, you can hear him going, like, how the hell am I going to replace this? And then after saying that, he just smashes through his own wall. Right. Like the fucking Hulk. <laughs> yeah. You know, in for a penny, in for a pound, yeah. I guess. <laughs> He's like fucking... And I, I like Jack a lot because not only is he absolutely... He, he's a very scary guy. He moves very realistically. He is extremely talkative. Woo-hoo! This is all too fun. Like, he wants you to know he's following you. He's, he's clearly having a good time here. But it's also interesting that he kind of is, is one of the more human characters in this game. One of, and, and, and he's, he's sort of playing with you. Like, this is a cat and mouse game, but ultimately, like, he doesn't just want to kill you. He wants to give you a little bit of breathing room sometimes. There, there's one point where he's, he's, uh, 
got you almost dead to rights and he puts your gun in his mouth and pulls the trigger yeah. just because he wants to show you that he can't be killed easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is possible that he will fuck you up so badly in that first chase that he will chop your fucking leg off. And this is, this is like, would have been like the second time you saw yourself dismembered in Resident Evil 7. Yes. yes. Yeah. Cause your hand gets chopped off early in the game. Yeah. Right? But, but he also, he, he gives you a chance when that happens. You can do it. <laughs> What the fuck? He he says you can use this to fix your leg and slides you a, a bottle of this first aid serum, and you watch Ethan just like stick the the chopped off leg against the stump, pour on the stuff, and then he like just flexes his foot, and he's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, so he can regenerate yeah. now because he's special. Yeah, Seven had some stuff that it's like just best not to question, like mm-hmm. how that works, including how Jack and his family work. Because it's like technically, like you said, he's pretty human, but he's indestructible, mm-hmm. and it's not umbrella bullshit going on that's making. It's not like he has like one of the weird bioweapon viruses that are making him do well, this. That's a little bit spoilery, but um, long story short, there is something that is corrupting yes. the the plantation on where every all of this happens, and Ethan, the main character, Ethan Winters, is infected by it. And the first stage of the infection is the ability to regenerate. You know, Ethan's not quite as good at it as the Bakers are because they have been under this thing's influence for three years, which is why they're all fucking psychopaths and you're not. Right. Well, that, the, yeah, the I, I wasn't her. going to spoil her. I just said they didn't have the, the, the T-virus. But, dude, I played this game a few years ago and I was kind of reading the synopsis like, oh, yeah, I completely forgot how the story goes completely off the rails there at the end. Oh, and when yeah. you find out what's going on and what the purpose was and it's just like and then I I'd even misremembered. I'm like, oh, yeah, well. The final, the ultimate fight versus Jack is one of the most badass fights in Resident Evil history. And then forgetting, like, well, that wasn't really the last fight with them, but it was certainly the coolest. Because it, so, so you mentioned already the gun in the mouth thing, which I think mm-hmm. takes place in the garage, right? Like you fight him yes. in the garage where you're literally supposed to like ram him with the car a few times to disable him, and while you're fighting, and then like and later you have to in the beat game, him to the car or he'll get into it and try to ram you. Oh yes. Uh and then later in the game you're like underground in this basically dungeon area and you have a full on chainsaw v chainsaw battle against the guy. Mm-hmm. It's it's, it's and, spectacular. And again he seems to want to give you a fighting chance like if he lops something off he will back off and wait for a little bit while you fix yourself. And sure. uh, and, and then he's like all right let's let's get back to it. And, well, yeah, and, if yeah, you're immortal, you, you know, that would be boring, right? Yeah. You'd, you'd want a challenge. Yeah, and, and like, there's a chainsaw for him and a chainsaw for you. And when you pick it up, he's like, yeah, now we're talking. That's what I want to see. <laughs> very, very happy about it. Yeah, a lot of sparks flying. There's, mm-hmm. Isn't there, like, a big hanging piece of meat in the middle of the room? Yeah, there's, there's like, a, a body wrapped up that uh, I think you can... <laughs> you can chop up or he can chop up, but... Uh, yeah, you kind of use it... Well, you, you use it to, like have you know play that game chase around the car you know it's kind of like mm-hmm. yeah try to get to me i'm going around this hanging body yeah yeah 
That, that fight is epic. And Jack is, Jack is, I think, the most fleshed out, no pun intended, of the family characters. Is like He's the one you see most often, and he does kind of pursue you. It's it, it's not the same as like Nemesis, where it's like, oh, he's showing up all the time. It's just like, yeah, you, you thought you killed him a few times, and then he there he yeah. is again. Oh, you you have to go back and explore this area that you uh, were went through earlier, and it's like, oh, shit, there he is. Yeah, walking yeah. around. Damn. He's... Damn. And and Marguerite's kind of the same way. She stalks you through the boathouse area. And, uh, yeah, but, Marguerite's the mom, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, she's I feel the like, bug lady. I feel like Jack is the more fun of the two. It's mostly because I really hated fighting all those goddamn well, bugs. Well, I hated the and the brother just doesn't even show up. He's just like, yeah, here's my house of tripwire yeah. horror explosives. Yeah. I, I'm Jigsaw, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> here are my yeah. death traps. Try yeah, to get but then them. I, and now I didn't play all the DLCs, but I think. Uh, Jack does make a reappearance in the last DLC. If if yeah, if end of Zoe, I think. Yeah, I think I think he pops back up again there mm-hmm. because that's that's telling the story. So Zoe is the mysterious female on the other end of the phone who's kind of like trying to guide you out of the house and save mm-hmm. your ass. Like, yeah, go here, and you, turns out she's like a member of the family who's like the least infected and still yep. has her sanity for the most part. Yeah. yeah, I I really love that game. I never really played the DLC, which is it seems like a damn shame. I really should go back and do that. I I think yes, I think it's free. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's free. So I mean, so. no, I mean I have it. I just never bothered to play okay. it. But yeah. but will I now that Resident Evil 8 is out? Maybe. Probably not. Yeah, probably. probably. Not. <laughs> <laughs> a little too a little late now. Yeah. Oh, I already I I I already know what'll happen in it. Who cares? But anyway, we should bring this to a close with I feel like no other sound is really needed for Mr. X other than the the music and the, the stomping footsteps. This is the most mm-hmm. iconic tyrant. Like you, mm-hmm. you said, people would be like, "Oh, Nemesis," and I'm like, "Just wait, you'll see why Nemesis was three. Like other other than Prowler's theme from Spider Verse, <laughs> yeah, nothing else needed. With that awful shriek that begins it. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. It, and uh, Mister X is technically the oldest. He's he's both one of the newest and the oldest stalker on this list because uh, he was introduced. In Resident Evil 2, the original, mm-hmm. and if you're like, well, I don't remember him in the original, you had to play through the B game that you would, you would play through once as either Leon or Claire and see the, the A plot. And then, uh, you play as, through the B plot as the other character after finishing the A plot, and you get a completely different story, and you will be intermittently stalked by Mr. X, who, yeah. uh, his, his, his first appearance is a little bit different it's a great ps1 footsteps a little quieter but he's he's this just this even in in the the ps1 version he was like just this huge guy takes up most of a hallway and and is sort of like every inch that like implacable nightmare creature that's just going to come after you and isn't really phased by anything you can throw at him. So you just need to run while he follows slowly behind. But yeah, yeah, he's just relentless and is like, he's unlike nemesis. He doesn't 
at first glance look too monstrous other than his size like he's 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 the dude in a trench coat and like the fedora <laughs> and he's like mm-hmm. his face even looks pretty humanoid he he kind of looks like dr yeah. manhattan he, you he know, looks it's... like boris karloff in the mummy especially yeah. in the remake yes yes but oh man his intro in the remake iconic and classic do you remember do you remember how when he first appears when he lifts up the flaming helicopter yes. it's like like most people would be like oh i'm ducking through a sheet or some beads to enter a room uh-huh. he just lifts a flaming helicopter and steps through like andre the giant getting into a yep. prius or some shit like that very careful not to burn his uh his fedora yes <laughs> yes you can knock yeah. off his head and he'll uh i think he loses it if permanently if you if you manage to knock it off so i always try to never hit it (laughs) be respectful yeah be respectful but uh but yeah here like i think the first first time you really see him is on a security camera entering the station that that uh leon watches him something tells me he's not a cop yeah um (laughs) too (laughs) whatever gave you that idea too calm to be a cop man i don't know he kind of instantly became iconic because he's there from the start of Resident Evil 2 remake. And of course, why, yeah. why bury the best part of that game in the second campaign that maybe half your audience isn't even going to touch. I, I wonder if it was a design, if they were solving for an issue, which is like on Resident Evil playthroughs, you tend to kind of just like, well, you kind of know where to go and how to solve most of the puzzle and, and, and kind of what's coming. And so it's like, that's eh, not as exciting. Sometimes they are telling different stories though. So you're really just there to the story. Whereas their solution is like, well, to get you to hurry along, we're going to add this kind of wrench in the works and be like, now we're going to have this guy chase you the entire second campaign. Like, Oh, you think you know all the solutions to the puzzles? Here's some stress now. Now try to yes. try to do those when this dude is trying to kill you. Yeah. He is one of the more random stalkers, like actually random stalkers on this list. And there's a channel on YouTube, Slippy Slides, that has actually done a couple videos where they kind of go behind the scenes, clip through the walls and show you exactly how uh, Mr. X and Nemesis and some of these other characters work. And yeah, he, he sort of alternates between moving in random patterns like he's he's always present somewhere on the map, usually looking from room to room or teleporting uh, if he's in an area that isn't totally loaded or if he needs to be somewhere specific to jump out at you. And and then, uh, yeah, when he zeroes in on you and you hear that music start up and you realize, like, you've got a few seconds to either hide or run. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really effectively terrifying. Oh, and. Yeah. Who among us hasn't holed up in a save room listening to this echo through the walls? Just that that oh, muffled God. thump, 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 thump. And and at the worst parts, it's like you're you're in the safe room and you can hear it just like going back and forth and back and forth or like above you or in the hallway next to you and like. Shit, but it's neat because you're like, yeah, he. I, I love that people have like figured it out that he has like Pac-Man ghost type AI. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, he's like Inky. He he does this. He he's always pursuing you, but in the circuitous route around the house. And I'm like, that's amazing that you figured that out. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just fantastic and fascinating. And like, yeah, he does have a few scripted moments where it's like, all right, if you go past this part at this time, he's always going to jump out. Yeah, whatever. Sure. But uh, 
and and you know sometimes it'll it'll play with you a little bit like oh yeah no, no you you might have gone past this wall a few times but now he's breaking through it he's gonna get you and the most terrifying thing is when you hear his music but you don't know where he's coming from and so mm-hmm. it's like you're frantically trying to figure yeah. out like which direction like he's is in. is he waiting for me behind one of these doors perfectly still oh <laughs> that can yeah. happen yeah he's a he's a hell of a hell of a chaser and just a like it it is it is difficult i think like i have not played many games in the past few console generations that i thought were actually scary but yeah. that feeling of running away from something at your heels that it's just like it's almost catching you is always a really effective way to do horror it's it's very dreamlike yeah yeah it is yeah. It's it's like yeah that that classic nightmare of uh, I'm running through molasses and there's something chasing me very slowly mm-hmm. and it's I can't I can't attack it I can't do anything against it I can only run but it's always going to find me it's like it follows or something well part of it's their their level design's really good at like not necessarily showing you the trick there's one room that I could kind of break the AI and always get it to take the same route and follow me and. I started almost just kite it. It was like, I think it's the, is it a library or like the study, which is the two story room with a bunch of ladders. And it's just kind of like, I was trying, I was trying to get to like one place to get a collectible. And I knew like, okay, if I'm going to go around the table, he'll always follow me around the table and he's slower on the ladder. So I can outrun, I can go around him here. And it's just like, that's the one room where you can kind of be like, I can play with him in this room. But otherwise you're just like, yeah, I'd never know. He might try to come this other route and cut me off. So you, you just try to get away from him as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, um, so that has been our relatively short top five uh, before we get into the real meat of our <laughs> Relative eight. to us. Yeah, relatively. Hope you enjoyed it. And on that note, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about RE8 and how it handles stalking characters. So stay tuned. Anywhere you go. Get scratching. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse in 30 2010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two. Over at patreon.com slash lasertime, we've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 30, 20, and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. I'd never heard of Metal Walker that the cover makes it look like Kirby, but it is perhaps Capcom's one and only first ever billiards-based RPG, and I'm like, that sounds stupid. Then I looked at it in action, and it was fucking rad. No, why is it called Metal Walker? I did an image search for it, and it's a bunch of metal walkers for uh, senior citizens. Well, I I looked into this just a little bit, and and yeah, it's, it's sort of like Pokemon crossed with billiards in that, like, you you uh, recruit and and have like a stable of these little uh, circular robots, and then you can like make them say like, okay, I want this guy to move this way across the arena, and he's going to bounce off this wall and bounce into an enemy. It's like you're hitting him with a pool cue. You can you can make him hit yeah. an enemy. You can make them knock enemies into the walls or other areas, or enemies into other enemies. 
and a little upset we didn't get the Japanese name though. Roaring Chronicle Metal Walker GB and colon Steel Friendship. <laughs> wow, that was that was those were like three Troy Bluthor movies like right in there. <laughs> Steel they Friendship me from Steel Friendship. <laughs> <laughs> So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 30-2010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Lasertime shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? And welcome back to our final segment where we're not going to waste any time getting chased Fine. around tight corridors Fine. or plunging through <laughs> whatever. We have a special guest joining us. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, hello. This is Mike Williams. I am a reviewer at PC Mag, and I'm here to talk about a game. Games are great, aren't they? Yeah, they're they are. just yes. the best. They they let us talk about uh, inane bullshit for like two and a half hours on this show. Every yeah, I, week. I still is this the uh, one of the more exciting games than the new yeah. year? You know, Mike, it takes a village to talk about Resident oh, Evil Village. <laughs> it takes a village to kill a single man from the u.s yeah. <laughs> my big question having played the game uh you reviewed it right at pc mag yes i have um why are they not just calling this eight is this like is there something that happens at the end like uh no this is a prequel the whole time uh, like, what the, i i really thought the v i i i thing was a eight this is supposed to be eight uh, there's no reason that they shouldn't call this eight. It it mm-hmm. follows literally from the end of, of okay. seven. Yeah, uh, PPR specifically said that no, it's not eight. It is Resident Evil Village. Yeah, and the eight is just a like hidden in the logo, but it's not actually. Mike, it's not like <laughs> I do logos for I do game logos for a living, dude. They made the eight a different color. That is an eight village, right? This there. is like finding out that Drive Three or is just pronounced Driver. Yeah, <laughs> Resident Evil Village presented by Joe Camel. Don't read anything into this. Yes, it's it's called the Village. It's called Resident Evil Village because the entire game takes place in the village. Mm. That's all it's called. Uh, much like the locale in Resident Evil 4. I didn't know until reading your review that the village is a hub, and then it's not just a village with this vampire castle. There are, like, five castles ringing this village. Four castles and, like, a really ancient stronghold. But, yes, so so the, the basic plot... <laughs> uh, the basic plot is that the village is a hub... For people who worship this cult, the cult has four houses. Each is a different family run by a different lord. Gryffindor, so Lady... Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, Slytherin, yes! right? <laughs> um, so, uh, Lady uh, Dimitrescu, or however you pronounce Dimitrescu. her name. Yeah. The meme lady. Domitresque is what I heard of the demo. Yes, uh, yeah. the, the, the giant vampire meme lady is <laughs> the first of the lords you encounter, who is in the castle... But each of the others has their own locale that is related to them, okay. which presents a different 
style of horror. Is that the dude who looks like Van Helsing that has the werewolves around him? Is he another lord of another castle or something? He's, I've seen him in a bunch of key art. So there's there's uh, Carl Heisen, Heisenberg who runs the factory. He's the dude with the, the tiny glasses and the right. hammer. Right. Um, blue Speed. Got it. He sells the Blue Speed. Okay. Right. So his his is more gothic industrial horror. Nice. Uh, then there's uh, House uh, Binvinido, who runs a, a, a smaller house that is full of dolls. That's one another dolls? type of horror. Oh, dolls. Shit. They don't do anything, yes. do they? <laughs> no, they're just dolls. Yeah. <laughs> and it's then, creepy um, enough. That's by itself yeah. creepy enough. I don't... And then House Moreau lives in the reservoir, which is like a decaying, moldy uh, location. So each oh, one presents mold. a different style of. of we were just talking about the mold from Resident Evil Seven. Yes, a lot like that. Interesting. Um, now, actually, I wanted to ask you. If it's not too much of a spoiler. Like, how do you get from the bayous of Louisiana in Seven to the village here in Eight? Is that so? This clear? picks up some years later. So the the inciting incident is Ethan and his wife, which was weird for me because I had forgotten that you save her in Resident Evil 7. Yeah, you mm-hmm. you make a choice, quote-unquote, and you save her and you, you screw over Zoe. Right? Screw over Zoe, right. Yeah. Um, so the, the canon ending, I assume, is, yeah, you don't choose Zoe, you save Mia. They have moved on, they have a daughter named Rose. And then one night, uh, a paramilitary team comes into their house, led by Chris Redfield, kills Mia, what? and takes their daughter Rose. And then Ethan wakes up in the village and is there mostly to get his daughter back. Hmm. Why is Redfield... What? Redfield's a, such a jerk? Yes. What the hell? Is yes. he a bad guy now? Well, that's that's for for I people who we'll play the out. game. Yeah. <laughs> but can we be clear? Hasn't he always looked like the bad guy in a game? Kind of. <laughs> a, a little so. bit. It's very weird because people are like, "Oh, he looks so different." But like playing it, I'm like, eh, I mean, he kind of looks like the the super beefy RE five RE six Chris. He yeah. he actually has a more believable body type. He's he's not just mainlining steroids into his arms. <laughs> <laughs> so he just looks like the bad guy from Logan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I mean, maybe he should have been called Hunk, am I right? Oh, stop it. <laughs> it's a Resident <laughs> Evil joke, come on. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple of, of curiosities about this. Um, first off, we were, we were just talking about how often you get dismembered and have to put yourself back together in Resident Evil 7. Uh, is is that something that Ethan can still do, or is, is he, does he yes. no longer have that power? There is a point that that does happen, where he does the same thing that he did before, where he just puts a bit back on, puts the chemical on, and he's good to go. Oh yeah, I mean, him and Mia, it was a whole thing in their marriage, they're just occasional bobbiting, you know, it's just like, just to, just to play around in the Cut it off for fun! <laughs> um, yeah, and he goes through some stuff, like, apparently in the, the two years, like, he's gone from I say in the review, he's gone from, like, Die Hard 1 John McClane to Die Hard 2 John McClane. Like, he's a little bit more hardcore. He's prepared. He's apparently done some military training. Uh, and he's ready to go. Like, there's no, like, 
there's a lot of moments of why am I here? But the fact that there are monsters does not seem to phase him as much. He's just like, whatever, this is my life. Hmm. Yeah, well, I guess after the events of Seven, pretty much you take everything in stride at that point. It's just like, yeah. Right, because why would... Your wife is dead, you get a video saying, don't come to a place, and then you go. Like, like I love my part. I don't love I, anyone that much. Well, I mean, after, after <laughs> Seven, where she's like a monster in the beginning who chops off his hand, the fact that he was like willing to take her back is just kind of like, all right, you're... <laughs> You're you're more you're more accepting of things than the rest of us there, Ethan. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um uh game wise, if you like seven, it's yeah, uh, I did. it's very much the same uh in terms of gameplay. What has really changed is sort of scope. So seven was one specific tone all the way through. Mm-hmm. This one sort of plays around as you go from the different Okay. I, I, I heard it was more action oriented. Are you saying that may vary depending on what region you're in? Yes. So, so a few of them, it, it is more like the, the time to, like in seven, there was a while before you could actually really do anything mm-hmm. against the mold. This mm-hmm. one, Ethan starts with a knife and he gets a handgun very quick. Hmm. So, so there is more attacking, but, uh, more all-out action is more of the latter part of the game. Okay. And one of the five regions is really just horde style, like, full-on combat and okay. a boss. Well, cause what I played in the village demo, that handgun didn't do shit against the werewolf dude, so, yeah. When, when you say, all out action on a scale of Resident Evil 4 to Resident Evil 6. Like, how much action are we talking? Uh, it's, it's, it's not, I, I don't think it's that, like, as far as Resident Evil 4. Like, oh, it okay, plays okay. around in that region, but there's also a lot of just, like, walking around and backtracking. And one of the sections, they take your weapons away completely. Um, and so, like, Nah, it's not not that bad, except in certain scenes and then towards the very end. Okay. I I read an article today that they scaled back on the scariness because people thought seven was too scary. Did you did you find it was less scary than seven or about the same? Uh there are some jump scares. Um it, But some of the, the some of the sections do do a decent job of having some horror. Okay. Uh, uh one of them is not saw-like. I'm trying to think of the correct way to say it. But, you know, like, there are a lot of monsters to fight, but it's not necessarily all that action. Okay. Hmm. Um, gotcha. So, I, I, like, I wouldn't... You will have to do a lot of combat, and part of the, the, the thing I said in the review is you either need to be good at aiming or really good at managing your ammo, because... That's the survival aspect here. Like, you have a limited amount of space and a limited amount of ammo, and if you miss shots... If you played the demo, you you fought the Lycans. Mm -hmm. They dodge a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can I just, on the record, just say, really uncomfortable with them stealing the phrase Lycan from the Underworld uh, franchise, because isn't it technically Lycanthrope is like the full name of a werewolf-like creature? Like, just to shorten a Lycan, 
Um, I, I learned from playing Legendary the Box. They are a, a, an offshoot of <laughs> of werewolves. They are not exactly describing all werewolves. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't believe all werewolves would appreciate that description, Matt. So uh, Thank I you, apologize to all of our werewolf listeners and lycanthrope. Uh, Patreon. My dog doesn't recognize my voice and is barking. Stop. <laughs> Stop. It's like there's Stop. somebody in the house. Just get him. Yeah. Nerd <laughs> alert. Is he watching The Simpsons really loudly again? Shut up. Uh, there are a lot of different enemy types on like, uh, Resident Evil 7, which only had like three, hmm. maybe two. There, there's more enemy types. I remember the bosses mostly from Seven. Like the, you didn't fight that many. I mean, you fought the mold occasionally, but it's really Seven was about being stalked by the bosses and then culminating in well, how, here's I, I guess I have to fight them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this is more back towards older Resident Evil, where get to a region, uh, you will have to solve the Resident Evil like specifically shaped keyholes. Yeah. That yeah. no one like. Like, oh, this fits a skull. Like, why would it fit a skull? That doesn't make right. sense. Stop, this eyeball, stop. Take this eyeball out of this object you found and put it in this eyeball, mm. put it in the statue on the door, and that will open the door. For okay, yes. Yeah. So so that was in the demo. See, I didn't play the, the demo. demo. Yeah. So I, I I didn't know which parts they had in it. Well, even the Maiden demo, Michael and I were wondering... We the main demo was like you're you're in a dungeon and you have to escape from a dungeon and then you get into the house and it culminates in... You're about to leave the house and Lamy Dimitrescu, I'm going to call her Dimitrescu because I don't care, comes in the door and that's how the, that's how Maiden ends, that demo ends. And we okay. were like, is that a bespoke thing they created just as a demo or is that kind of, they borrowed apart from the game or anything? It sounds like they borrowed apart. Okay. Mm. Yeah, but, but I, what I was curious about with the more recent demo, I know you haven't played it, but there are a couple of points and I'm, I'm curious to know if it's the same in the main game where uh, it kind of uses invincible chaser enemies to sort of herd you in a direction. Like there's a part in the village where you go into this cabin and you find this uh, father and daughter who are in trouble. And uh, in the demo, you're, you're supposed to leave out the back door of the cabin and find a hole in this fence next door. If you instead leave out the front door, you will be swarmed by about five or six really powerful lichens that you don't have the ammo for. Uh, so it's it's kind of trying to discourage you from going back the way you came. Uh, right. I just thought the first time I played it, like, I'm just being pitted against an unreasonable foe here. This this is stupid because I didn't find the hole that you're supposed to slip through. And and, and I'm wondering, like, how, how much does it employ those kind of chasers to just sort of hurt you? So that part is from the very beginning of the thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I did have a problem with that just because it's one of those sequences, uh, as a weird callback, Mega Man X, where you're not supposed to win that fight. So so it was one of those situations where you had to actually get killed in Mm. order to continue the game. To get I, to that I wish games would do a better job would tell of, me that. of letting you know that's the case. It's just some kind of tell. I mean, that was that know? was my big thing with Resident Evil Seven. Like, what am I doing wrong? I look up a YouTube story. Like, no, you you put in a bunch of bullets in that guy's head, and then eventually he does something different. There's no determined amount of bullets that it takes. He has no health bar. 
Um, Eventually, he kills you in a survivable way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's a, se- a section where there's you're essentially swarmed by that, and then uh, you're you're like the king lichen who looks like you know demon Santa Claus with a supersized hammer. Uh, you might have seen in some of the things. Um, doesn't kill you, but starts a thing, and then they all go away. Um, and that, I had used a, a bit of ammo and, like, three of the health things that I had found up to that point. That's what I'm and- talking about. It's just, <laughs> I wish games would just lock you out and be like, yeah, you, you know, you're not going to win this fight. Like, Sekiro had that at the beginning of the game, right? And it's just like, yeah, don't let people use yeah. their healing items or their ammo in this sequence for some reason. Because... You're going to want that stuff later. You know? Right. So then it goes to that and then it leads there. And then in the full game, when that section happens, if you go back out the front door, uh, I don't think it kills you. At least not immediately. Uh, I, I think you can walk around a bit and there are, there are some lichens, but you can kill them if you're good enough. Uh, but yes, you are supposed to go at the back. Yeah. Um, and as a, for your question, how many times I think they do the stalking thing like three times. Oh, okay. So it's not just like an ongoing mechanic of the game. No, and it's different stalkers. Mm-hmm. So different stalkers in different direction in different sections play differently. Like, are any of the stalkers dark, Mike? What do you mean? It's dark a dark stalkers, stalkers joke. Oh, dark you are. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's it's Cinco de Mayo. This is my third margarita. I apologize. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Uh, like Lady D, I. I uh, probably that's the better name that's, that's what, what we're calling it she um <laughs> she works like um mr x or 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 daddy baker or like daddy baker where she will just continuously pursue you within the regions that she is pursuing her her just, house or whatever just calling out in that sexy voice of hers you can't hide from me boy <laughs> <laughs> Um, and she works just like, uh, Daddy Baker in that, like, if you move outside of her patrol area, Mm -hmm. she isn't gonna come after. Ah, okay. Which is one thing I disliked about Mr. X is that he was so ever-present. Like, he was everywhere. Then, uh, in one of the areas has two of them, two different Whoa, Uh, whoa. That's one is Lady like a giant wolf, and the other is something else. Something else yeah. that I, again, without going too far. Is it one of the dolls? Wait, there's a giant wolf, so the furries have something to get horny about from this game? Great. You knew about Wonderful. the lichens already. What more did you need? Uh, I don't know if there's a giant one, you know? There's always oh, a there giant is. one. There is. Uh, it apparently appeals to people, being crushed by giant things. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there's, there's a couple of them. They, they play around with it, but yeah, I do think that they're probably, given RE Remake 2 and Remake 3 and mm-hmm. this, like, okay, we got, it. we got the stalking enemy thing. Yeah. You don't need to do that anymore. You're, you're good. <laughs> Just the same. Yeah. I mean, we got a top five out of it, so. <laughs> yes. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see, Ustanak from Resident Evil 6. Rachel okay. from uh, Resident Evil Revelations. Chris is leaving. Right. Uh, Nemesis from RE3. Uh, Jack Baker, Daddy Baker, and uh, Mr. X, of course. All right. 
Uh, I'd probably put Lady uh, just under Jack. Okay. Uh, okay. I think I think Jack is a lot of fun in his talks. He really one, is. One more. Yes. He talks a lot uh, of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he talks mad shit. <laughs> and then I'd probably put the other two under her. She's the best stalker. So in the would game. the rest of the internet. I was gonna say the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was right there. I'm so glad you took it. Um, but yeah, we probably should move on to Returnal. So, uh, thank you again for joining us, Mike. But, uh, once again, where can people find you online and, and read your stuff? Uh, you can read me every single day at PCMag.com, and you can find me usually talking about nonsense on Twitter at AutomaticZen, Z-E-N. Fantastic. Nice. Thank you. This has been this has been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really glad that you were able to kind of shed some more light on this for us. Yeah. So. Looking forward to this game. Thanks, Mike. So, yeah, uh, moving along, Returnal came out Do last we, week. we even ask him a score? <laughs> well... <laughs> You got to read the magazine. You got to go to PC Mag. Oh, okay, that's quite actually, a plug. Actually, I can look it up real quick. Um, just edit <laughs> no, this no, I like the tease and the plug. Drive the people to his site, please. Fair enough. What's going on with Returnal? What's Michael? going on with Returnal? Returnal is a fun roguelike Metroidvania that I think I played for four hours before I felt like I really understood the game and what was going on in it. Uh, it is a, a pretty enjoyable shooter, and um, when I when I I think I, I sh- if I didn't say roguelike, I should have said roguelite, because it is very roguelite in that uh, you you keep a lot of the like the artifacts that you find. If you find mm-hmm. like something cool, like oh, this will let me use these teleportation pads that are, are yeah. littered around, uh, you can keep that when you die. Other things like guns you don't keep. My, my understanding is that there's persistence in the leveling of the guns. Like you can unlock modifications for guns that carries through to play through to I, play through or something. Well, they, the guns are kind of randomized. Like it's it's like random loot. It's just like, oh, I I found a I have a level one shotgun and I found a level three shotgun that has this different uh, attribute attached to it um and there there might be some persistent leveling I, I haven't really played around with it enough to have a clear idea but uh it, like i said it took me a while to really get my bearings in this game and until mm-hmm. i and, and i eventually realized like okay you are not so much seeing a completely different level as a reshuffling of familiar rooms yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a proc gen trick. Remnant used mm-hmm. it. You basically, it's kind of like, yeah, there's some tile sets. XCOM 2 did that. Like most proc gen games will have this, like, yeah, we've, we pre-crafted some tiles and then we're going to rearrange the tiles every time you start. And so it, yeah. it'll lay the map out differently. But the tile is like an, a complete finished room and like the, mm-hmm. the enemy layout might be different, but you can say, for example, okay, I know this room and then if I drop off this ledge, there will be a semi-hidden chest on a ledge below, and uh, it's going to be the same every time. Okay, um, so the oh wow, that's cool. The loot doesn't change positions. Yeah. Okay. Well, like the the basic chests and things, but but a lot of the loot is like you you'll see like an alcove that has a little glowing light at the foot of it, and if you step over there, the floor will cave in, and then uh, you'll find yourself in a room with like some sort of randomized loot. And then you teleport out of there back to where you were. 
And uh, one of the interesting things that the loot does is that a lot of it is corrupted. And they what the corruption does is it will warn you, like, okay, there's like a low to high, extremely high probability that you will pick up a suit infection when you get, or a malfunction when you pick this up and, or open this chest. And if you do, and, and like the, the malfunction will be something like, uh, your weapon damage is down 50% while you have full health until you kill this many enemies or find this many, uh, artifacts or put this many parasites onto your suit. And you can find these, these beneficial parasites that are like these, these little, uh, tentacled things that you stick them on yourself and like they'll give you some sort of perk in exchange for some sort of drawback, which again, you can often, uh, you know, kill X enemies or do whatever tasks to, to eliminate. So there's a lot of, uh, random number stuff to deal with. Like you, you might be, have a really good run where you get a bunch of like high end loot and, uh, you know, low malfunctions and stuff like that. Or you might, uh, just accidentally annihilate yourself by picking up a, Teleporters like, well, this is corrupted and it'll, it'll teleport you to uh, an unknown location and then you use it and it immediately just kills you and you have to start your run over. But but yeah, it's it's fun. It's on PS5. It looks amazing. And uh, discovering what is going on is is sort of fascinating. Like you'll be just going through this ruin filled enemy, you know, alien planet and killing all these monsters and then you'll stumble into a room like just this giant cavern and there's like a 20th century farmhouse there. And it's like, that's the farmhouse where I grew up. What's that doing here? I need to find the key. And then, uh, after a lot more exploration and fighting, you might find the key and then you can return there. And, uh, yeah, just weird shit happens, but you might get an extra life. <laughs> it's, it, it's, I, I haven't looked into the game very much, but I will say it's, it's been generating some of the more fun headlines I've ever seen. That make very little sense with no context. Hmm. Yeah, well, I can't tell. Like, seems like a lot of people are playing it, but I couldn't tell if it's because it's like the first. I, is it fair to say it's the first big, yes, AAA PS5 exclusive yes. that you're? Like, I mean, not counting stuff to? at launch, Demon Souls and Astro Bugs Snacks, uh, Little Big or what was that? Sackboy's Big Adventure. Like I said, the God, first yeah. big AAA <laughs> original game, like Demon Souls was a remake, so yeah, it's a little yeah, yeah. little bit of a cheat. But like mm-hmm. this, the, I think, I think, yeah, a lot of people are like, okay, this is the first time we're we're really seeing what the PS5 is capable of in a game, and and everything I've read about the game looks absolutely gorgeous, it and does, it yeah. is harnessing that power quite a bit. Uh, there's a lot of the discourse though has been around difficulty and especially the lack of a save ability mm. and the fact that it's a run based game and the runs can be quite long, like four hours. And yeah. the only way wow. you could like pause is technically to put your PS5 in rest mode, which to some people has been a problem. Mm-hmm. Cause it might automatically download an update while it's in rest mode. And yes. And end your yes. run. And that's, that's the thing that, yeah, if you quit out of the game, it's the same as dying. Um, to me, that hasn't really been an issue so far because I, my runs do not last four hours. <laughs> they, they last MLG. maybe. MLG. Yeah. MLG. MLG. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Be- because I'm still learning a lot about the game. I'm kind of like that with most roguelikes that like, 
I couldn't tell you if Hades saves mid-run because I pretty mm. much I didn't trust it if it did, and I'm like, I'm going to finish the run. Huh. Yeah. Either beat it or die, you know? It's it, it suspended in a, in a switch, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, like, I, I don't I don't trust it, and I'm just like, eh, I might as well finish. Yeah, finish your run before you, yes, before you change games, yeah. for sure. Yeah. It also does something where, like, the first several times you die, the, like, the, it, it there's a new story cutscene that, like, it, it becomes really disorienting. It's like, sometimes I'm inside the ship that crash-landed, sometimes I'm just lying on the ground outside. Sometimes, mm. you know, every time she says different things when she wakes up. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, so, yeah, what do you, what can you do? Just move forward, shoot things, try to figure out your environment, see a bunch of things that are tantalizing, uh, but you won't be able to get at them until you unlock whatever upgrade it is, lets you, like, you know, wreck the force barriers that are blocking certain doors or, or whatever. Mm. Um, people seem a little torn on this. I've heard a lot of people be like, hey, this is game of the year material for mm. me. And then I've heard people just be like, it's, Okay, like it, it seems a bit polarizing. In that I, I don't know if I'd call it game of the year material at this point. What I have played is really fun. And if I spend a little too much time talking about the malfunctions, it's actually because those are one of my favorite parts of the game because it, it kind of gives you a little mini side quest to work toward while you're, you're also like, you know, and, and it's, it's not like one of those roguelites where like I'm completely lost. I just need to push forward. Like it will give you a little map beacon that tells you here's your next objective go go to where this this dot is and just yeah. the path to the dot changes but the dot will remain consistent depending on where you are in the story but the malfunctions are like that you can like yeah. mitigate you can basically remove some of the bad stuff yeah right? but There's a i mean the malfunctions forward. give you a little a little goal to work toward in the meantime so it's like okay i need to kill this many enemies i'm looking for artifacts that will take this this thing off i want to i want to put on two more parasites to mitigate this this thing mm -hmm. stuff like that i always like that that risk reward thing of like because i'm gambling against myself like am i good enough to live to see the good reward from this thing or is this just going to fuck my run you know? yeah i mean you will see a reward certainly yeah but yeah okay that yeah. sounds uh I don't know. It sounds like my kind of game. I I think out of the three of us, I probably like roguelikes or roguelites. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I mean, so I, I probably about? like them the least, and I I'm really enjoying Returnal. So okay, you I'm probably a Dead too. Cells, Demon Souls guy. Come on, yeah. I would like. Okay, all right, yeah, good. You would. Oh, you're a Hades guy like me, so yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just I, I just won't have a PS5. I don't believe for the next <laughs> fucking year. So nobody will. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Anyone play new Pokemon Snap? No, no. What the fuck. I'm an adult. Sorry, I should I should clarify. I'm a 40 year old adult, not a 30 year old adult. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. The people that that really seem to be talking about it and loving it are I hate to say this, but it's millennials and below. They're they're yeah. they're they grew up with Pokemon Snap, and I get it. And I'm like, hey, there were games that did this for me, and now I'm old yeah. enough to be like, fuck. They're no longer catering to my nostalgia. They're catering to the younger people. I'm not shitting on Pokemon Snap. I, I remember, I never got or understood the game, but I, but like I also wasn't super into Pokemon. And yeah. going on a on rail safari, and it, it isn't kind of an ingenious game for something really lo-fi. And the, the the announcing a sequel, I was like, man. You're announcing 
<laughs> You're announcing a sequel to an easy cop-out game. <laughs> Instead yeah. of making something new well, and grand in Pokemon, you just made this, eh, all right, but like, people don't seem to care. They're, they're having a good time, so good on it's them. It's getting, getting really good reviews. It's a solid 80 on Metacritic, so. Damn, okay. Yeah, but I think that's one of those reviews. It's like, yeah, they're, they're probably mostly comparing it with the other one. It's like, if you like the original, cause, cause I'm with Chris, like, I, the original never appealed to me cause it's like, it's an on rails shooter, basically, where the goal is to try to get the best picture of these creatures. And yes, there's little tricks like, throw this guy an apple because they will respond and that'll improve your picture. Or this guy you need to, you know, scare away or whatever it is. And I'm like, yeah, as a, as a uh, someone who was always late to handhelds, I was always looking to, the 64 or the GameCube to give me that game that lets me understand Pokemon. And I remember playing Snap. I'm like, this is not fucking it. Like, uh, you have to love Pokemon to understand, like, love what this is. Otherwise, it's meaningless. Yeah. I can see for kids that grew up with this why where the appeal was. Because, you know, as, as kids, we replayed the same shit over and over, right? And, like, this sure, game sure. is the kind of game of, like... Every run's going to be the same, and so you're going to discover a new secret every time because you're going to try something new every run. Yeah, but also Pokemon Snap was like, well, not a high, not a uh, high concept game was like a celebration of the entire like everything in the series. Uh, it's neat to see that it it takes other games like years to get to that point. Pokemon not so much because Nintendo didn't really know how to make anything uh, without Game Freak. I honestly feel like there's a bit of a missed opportunity, and this is where I wish Nintendo was a bit more online as a company. There are so many cool digital ways they could reproduce the blockbuster experience of taking in your save to print out your pictures of, like, yeah. imagine there's there could be Snapchat filters, there could be Instagram filters, and all this stuff, like... Just that imagine was, it I wasn't, think, it wasn't 360p, and <laughs> the only way you could do it natively from your Switch is, is so bad. And where like mm -hmm. it, it like gives you two options, and I, I I'm like I, can I just email this to myself for fuck's sake? <laughs> Send it to my goddamn Pinterest? No, you only deem I, I can only share to my to uh uh never mind yes to yes my, yeah 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 I know what you mean the offloading mm -hmm. save fi uh, saved media from your switch yeah, yes, or upload it to MySpace <laughs> in 2021. <laughs> There you go. Or right. friends. Well, it's story. out there. Mm -hmm. Click on the Alec Baldwin button to upload it to you, Face. <laughs> it's of it's course. one of those games that we know, like, if you're going to be into Pokemon, new Pokemon Snap, you know you're going to be into it already. You don't need us yeah, to man. tell you. I'm not going to shit on it for anybody, but, like, it's it's yeah. really not my thing. I, I'm in the same boat. Like, I absolutely respect your nostalgia. Mm -hmm. It's not for me. I'm not even going to say anything about it because I'm coming from a place of near total ignorance. So what would be the point? No, I, I still have my copy of it for sixty-four. Wow! It, to me, it was it's it's a baffling experience, and I don't know how anyone liked it. I, I am I am seeing people saying that like, oh, this is much better. It's it does does so much more. Mm. But uh, anyway, we should move along to It is a big, big news week this week, gentlemen, but mostly around one story. Yep. Almost everything around first parties. So I'll just I'll just dive in. Um, PlayStation has announced a partnership with oh. Discord, the people we thought Microsoft was going to buy. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Sony now has Pretty bought a minority interest in Discard. Oh. Mm. Um, they're investors in a round of Series H of investment. But uh, so Jim Ryan, it, that would be kinky. Jim Ryan came out and said, "Hey, together our teams are already hard at work." Connecting Discord with your social and gaming experience on PlayStation Network. Our goal is to bring the Discord and PlayStation experiences closer together on console and mobile starting early next year. Um, Discord, you can see why it appeals to these first-party people. It's used by 140 million people monthly. That's a lot of users. Um, It's weird, though, like this acquisition. So I, you know, I have finally got a ps5 and and i see the social stuff and i see when there's friends there but i like do everything in my power to actively avoid interacting with people through that like i and part of it's because i'm in the industry and so there's times where i'm like i don't want people to know i'm playing a thing or whatever you know like let's say i get a review code or whatever i i do that setting of like appear offline almost always right and i'm i'm guessing you do too michael because i never see you online (laughs) and but i'm like so this, this, what they're saying is we're going to integrate this more with like our PS5 parties and chat and make it more seamless with Discord. I'm like, great, zero interest to me. I have no, I'll never interact with any of this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it depends. Like, um, I tend to wear my, like, um, my earbuds a lot, uh, more than I have. Like, it's really hard for me to find my video game microphones. So if you're going to integrate via an app or something like that. But isn't that what we make fun of Nintendo about for the Nintendo? But online, Nintendo the did that in, in lieu of making any. There's something a little broken about the whole PlayStation Online experience, just because like it's, I I, I like I I still feel like sometimes we don't have a real email address, except that like I don't get spam anymore, except through PSN. Like I will. Oh, oh yeah, I still have notifications on like free game card like. Why is this happening? This doesn't happen in my email. This doesn't happen on my phone. For some reason, PSN is still susceptible to like hackers and spam all day long. So I, I just started turning all that shit off. What appeals to me is like there's all these walled gardens that I'm like I have my friends list on Xbox, mm-hmm. PSN, Steam, and like Discord, right? And so like yeah, anything that can break down one of those walls, theoretically, I think the first thing you'll probably see happen out of this. This is just my guess is like. Now my Discord friends list will appear on my PlayStation when I turn it on. Like in terms of all my friends online, it'll show the status of Discord. Cool, because I hate being like that. I have all these friends spread across networks, never know where anyone is at any given time. I don't want to open my Discord app to check, you know, when I turn on my PS5. Eh, it's, you know, the people who use all that shit, this this is probably very exciting. Yeah, I haven't really done anything like that since uh, my big Destiny days. But that app was wonderful. And yeah. um, the the PlayStation experience wasn't. Yeah, I did it with TL and and his crew, the a lot of the the PNB crew for for Among Us sessions. And like, yeah, Discord is awesome. It's a cool place to build up and foster communities. It's just, I don't know, you know, this is it's cool, good for Sony. For for a while, I was using it every every day for like six weeks to try and get a uh, thirty eighty uh, graphics card. I was like a on a sales alerts group or something. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. it was great for constantly clicking and being disappointed like twenty oh, times a sure, day. Sure, yeah. And, and we, we we used it a lot when um we got Monster Hunter Four from Japan. We imported it, and being able to find an English group that we can communicate with was awesome. Like, and, yeah. and no one else offered anything. No one else would offer anything like that officially. 
Well, what I like about it is it's it's like a chat solution. It's very very similar to Slack. Like a lot of people use Slack for the office stuff, but like Discord is designed by gamers for gamers. It integrates a, a lot with with gaming stuff. So this, this is a step, you know, just a step even further. I'm a, I'm a Teamspeak area. guy. I get it. I get it. I'm a Ventrilo OG. Ventrilo. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the big story this week is holy shit. I knew we would learn stuff from the Epic versus Apple trial. Dude, it won't stop. It, there it is, is like so much, much stuff that's like being leaked about the industry. Stuff that I know, you guys probably know because you've worked there, but I'm like... No, a lot of wow. stuff I didn't. A lot of stuff I didn't. Like I was just seeing, reading today, like um, PlayStation makes Epic pay for Fortnite crossplay. Because yes, it's yes, empty crossplay all the way. And then The Verge leaked like the formula. There's like a slide. Because part of this is for disclosure. There were all these documents that they would... It wasn't just between Epic and Apple. They were sequestering documents from Nintendo, from Microsoft, from Sony. And so there's like private... Uh, Sony presentations that were out there in a public link that anyone could see and finally like the lawyers are like oh uh duh we're not supposed to oh okay we'll hide some of those like fucking idiots yeah, when you like, say sequestering you mean subpoenaing that's that's taking disclosure to a logical extreme oh but, like, but there is a slide that the verge like got their hands on that shows how that equation worked and basically yeah uh what would happen is Sony had a calculation saying okay what percent and it did rely on the partner to like report stuff back to Sony. It's like, well, what percent for a crossplay game are people playing, spending their time on the PlayStation platform? So let's say it was like 80% of your time. Now, what percent of the revenue you made from that person was spent on the PlayStation platform? And basically, like if you divided those numbers and it was anything uh, less than 0.85. So like basically, like if you're spending less than 85% on Sony but but they're making up a majority of your playtime they would make them write a royalty check for that difference of like so let's say you I don't know this is a, a random edge case but like I only buy my Fortnite credits or whatever the fuck their in-game currency is on the Apple store mm-hmm. but I play I do most of my playing on my PS4 so I'm sitting there playing and I probably have my iPhone I'm like oh I'm going to load up my account with currency through Apple that in those are the cases where Epic then has to cut Sony a check, and it really is just showing like Sony was did not want crossplay. Like they were kicking yeah. and screaming, like everything they can do to be like we, you know, prove to us that there were leaked emails where this, you know, yeah, I don't, it's like I, Sony's biz dev guy going, prove to me how this improves the Sony gaming business. You know, this sounds great for for other people, not so much for us, right? You know? And and like the idea that like we're paying for all their the net code for these people to play and then you're taking a third <laughs> of their money to just buy the in-game currency because you can do it easily on your phone and we and so, i don't know sony's a lot yeah. of psn talk lately and I'm, I'm starting to like psn is the oldest service nintendo notwithstanding uh it different, feels different beast altogether. anyway but like but but regardless like this feels like all like remember when uh, North Korea hacked Sony's servers over the interview? Yes. Oh, with that's all the a, movie, the, the emails with the movie exactly. Yes, and shit? that's what yeah. this feels like. Like a bunch of stuff like is inconsequential, but uh, we never knew. Like uh, like oh, I get to see what the Xbox team thinks about Naughty Dog's The Last of Us. Yes, yeah. The, like, the, the Xbox team wrote like, mean. and this happens all the time. Like, and nice. It also shows you that like 
and this is something again we all knew uh even people like microsoft they just have a best guess of when competitors are going to release some stuff like they thought breath of the wild 2 would have been out in 2020 like the rest mm-hmm. of us did. they thought mm-hmm. metroid 4 would have been out by now they thought bayonetta 3 would have been out by now it's it's in these documents uh, there was actually, uh, they had a witness, a VP at, at Xbox testified and on record, again, just verify something we all sort of always knew that Microsoft loses money on every Xbox they sell, which I, I thought they'd gotten to the point now where when you're like late in a generation, they can get cheap enough parts where they at least break even or make a little money. And they're like, no, we, we lose money every box. Yeah, we they, sell. They, they didn't really undergo a price drop. They just built a new model the last generation i'm not sure really? it happened so weird i don't know anybody any anybody noticed yeah. like they they dropped connect and kept the price at like 300 dollars the whole time then they had the s and the s was like 200 dollars. it never dropped in price ever one of my favorite things that leaked is so it's a nintendo document which you know nintendo's so pissed this got out there and it was like this thing was more redacted than the Mueller report, this fucking document, right? It's like, it's just all black. But then one, one clause, it, it says that the content, if the content provider is based in Japan, it cannot be an antisocial force or boryukudan, which is a Japanese term that means violence groups or organized crime. It's their word for, for Yakuza. Like, huh. uh, so it basically says effectively. Well, that's where that came from. I didn't realize it came out of the Epic Apple lawsuit. Yeah, Boryokudan, it, it basically, they, they explicitly say you cannot, you cannot work with Nintendo if you are affiliated with the Yakuza. What then I, I found out though is that's actually a common clause in a lot of Japanese uh, companies documentation mm-hmm. because it's like a thing where the government's like, Hey, uh, corporations, be good partners. We, we want the public to fight Yakuza influence as well as like the cops and the government. So, so a lot of corporations. Now, or have you ever been affiliated with Yakuza? And you, you can say no because they signed this contract, even though you, we've all read about like if you put something out in arcades in the last 30 years, you've dealt with the Yakuza. Right. That's the thing is, is like, yes, because that there were always those like, open secrets about like yeah because where arcades are it's it's a lot of the same groups dealing with like pachinko parlors and other stuff that's kind of gambling and yeah so but the great thing about the japanese mafia no one's going to testify against you <laughs> just say i didn't know we didn't work together they'll never rat on you you're yeah. fine uh some other stuff we learned uh, so nintendo related epic has been trying frantically to get uh, samus in fortnite to no avail that's, so well yeah that's crazy to me because if there's any i even a, a chance that samus could show up on a ps4 or xbox one nintendo's never gonna go for that yeah. no no um the other thing fortnite we found out has made nine billion dollars over the last two years alone um it's fucking huge we, we've, the, we've uh, i remember that. the the borderlands 3 cost epic 115 million dollars yeah well it, borderlands 3 by itself was 80 80 million minimum guarantee this is in a leaked document um then there was a marketing commitment where yeah epic had to chip in money basically to run ads and stuff like that uh, and then there were some non-recoupable fees, but then they also, they had to pay for the Handsome Collection and a Civ bundle. It all totaled $146 million oh, guarantee. Damn. That is by far the biggest one of those for exclusives. But when you look at 
there's this caught this chart that they would then map like well here's how many new users we got to the epic store because remember this is all a long play to say how do we bring people to our store to compete with steam the costs of actually bringing those people in on a per user basis are very low compared to industry averages for user acquisition costs you're talking one a few dollars per user which think of every time a storefront sells a game they're getting well, on the Epic Store, it's 12%, something like that, right, mm -hmm. of that transaction. So the what's called 30%. a lifetime value of those users is potentially hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So if you've only spent – yes, the numbers sound really high up front. But if you only spent a couple bucks per user to acquire that person, that is a good investment. That is a very cheap investment to get that mm -hmm. person, right? So uh, – but then, yeah, we did also find out um, – so there's kind of two scenarios Epic has for the store. Like they have an aggressive growth model where they're going to get a, a bunch more exclusives for the next few years. And then what they're called uh, calling a winding down model where they're like, yeah, we've spent as much as we're going to to get this thing ramped up. And let's just ride this off, which is way fewer like exclusives and free games over the next few years. But there's still some coming, but I that's think that's I probably expect. where they're going. That's what I expect. But uh, but then there was a there was an entire chart, and this is when I talk about like the acquisition costs, right? That showed like how much they paid for all those free games they've been giving out. <laughs> Literally, we know like how much they paid. The, this is this is shit that should never see it's the light of day. It's very weird. Like e even I, working on a publisher side, never really knew how much money was coming in this way and that. And these documents like so, show this very explicitly on a first party level. It's well, fucking I, nuts. I knew. And it's one of those things where it's very much like a game of poker. It's like, well, how much do you want to give us for this? Well, how much are you willing to take for this? And I told you guys, I'm like, there are biz dev people who will lose their jobs over these numbers being public, being like, you only got us this much for this game when this asshole, this company, this game got this much. Right. Like, hmm. basically, it's because no one, you know, no one knows the numbers. No one talks about you think these you, things. It's weird. You might think you're getting a good deal, but it's like, no, you, you were on the lower end of or, these or things. Or if you, if you paid attention to entertainment news in the Hollywood level where they, it, it, they try and yell to the dime what they've gotten for something. Whereas like games have been doing this been below the radar forever. Well, imagine you're the guy at Coke Media slash, I think that's Embracer Group. They got zero dollars for the free Metro twenty thirty three Redux. That that zero is strange dollars. to me. It's like what what is the strategy there? Well, the, well, the play there was to get people interested in the franchise to buy the mm. new Metro that had just come out. Nice. Yeah, which which was remember an exclusive, right? Mm. So that that was probably part of a larger deal. But pretty much the the ranges would be anywhere from fifty thousand dollars and then the, even the the biggest games it's only like i think the biggest one i see here is 1.5 million for batman arkham uh subnautica got 1.4 million good for you unknown worlds um but yeah that then those are the the most money people got as minimums for those those free games so so again on on a per user basis acquisition costs here are ranging between like you know less than a dollar to up to like three dollars that's nothing when you think of how much money they're going to make off that user, the life of them as a customer in the store, you know? So that's, that's, it sounds like a lot of money to people, Some, but again, someday I want a sample of how dollars. much you guys have spent in the Epic store. I bet it's, <laughs> I bet it's almost nothing. I don't know. Cause it, because when they have those sales, remember they do those like $10 off sales. I think mm. last year I probably spent about a hundred dollars in the Epic store with, you know, across, but it's, I got a lot of games for that yep. much though. So. 
But I have so, a lot more free games than bought games. I think. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. If you look at anyone's library, I'm sure. I'm sure that is yeah. the way. And I, I'm pretty sure I bought Red Dead Redemption Two on there because, like, holy shit, PC version. And if I remember right, it came to Epic first. Yeah, they're, they're the ones they who did. should integrate with Discord immediately because they fucking need to. They're <laughs> the platform is terrible. On on. Yeah, yeah no. that's the, my big problem with the Epic Game Store is like it it is still pretty far behind Steam of just some basic functionality, and you're like, come on, dude, like mm-hmm. like, yeah, just little little stuff, little quality of life stuff, you know. But yeah, the biggest one by far, man, that Borderlands Three deal, and they, it's pretty much known they're not doing another one of those deals. That was their big play, which mm-hmm. I thought was weird because I don't know about you guys, but I kind of feel like Borderlands Three just came and went. Like it didn't resonate it's at weird, least man. with our crew. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. it was it was fine. It was it was no Borderlands Two in my opinion. You know, I, I think that may have kind of hurt it. Like um, that it was no Borderlands Two. <laughs> no, that 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 it went to another platform entirely. Mm-hmm. We're, we're like you know, I I, I I hung out with people in the line for Borderlands Two. Uh, stuff at PAX and like just taking it away from its environment has to feel a little weird. You mean just Steam because the on PC? Yeah, that, but... that it's 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 a it's been so long and b it's like going to go somewhere else entirely. Like talk to one of us, Earthworm Jim's going to the Intellivision planet, and it's just like I'm not going to follow him there. We're like I'm not nuts. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> yeah. I'm like yeah, I'm like I'm not going there. I have plenty of other things to do. This is not I the mean, most important thing in my life anymore. It would have been 5 years ago or 20 years ago. They got 80 million dollars up front to do that. You know, so it's yeah. it's kind of it's, you know, 80 million in the hand is worth how many in the bush at that point, right? Like, you know. Um and then this other thing, it's not related to the trial, but it, I felt like it was cuz I'm like, well shit, everyone's just revealing their secrets. So Microsoft uh that was they came out with an announcement that they are increasing the developer revenue share on PC to 88%. So more in line with the Epic Store. Uh, remembering that the traditional rev share was 70. The publishers slash developers, they would get 70% of every game sold and Microsoft took 30%. So now on PC, Microsoft's only going to take 12%. That's awesome. The wow. rumor was they had at one point considered it for Xbox and then Microsoft had to come out and be like, nah, we're not doing that yet. We're, that's still the 70-30 on Xbox. So. Makes sense. Well, Xbox, I'm, I'm sure, is still quite lucrative. I, I just wonder, I mean, that would be great for developers and publishers. I wonder, would that actually steer developer behavior like, yeah, I'm going to go on Xbox and not PS5? Or is it just kind of like, hey, that's nice. For me, it's it's like, well, who has the higher install base? Where are more use, where are more potential people to buy my game? I'm going to put my game out there, you know. So yeah. well, there's a lot of things to consider. Yeah, for sure. But that was that was a big, a lot of big industry stuff. Yeah, I think there. I think if you if if you really want to know about how the sausage is made, like that that epic Apple thing is revealing a lot of nasty shit. That like even yeah. I'm like. Some some of the stuff I knew, some of the stuff is like, wow, I I had no fucking idea, and I I knew all of this, but it's the kind of shit you don't talk about publicly, and I'm like, well, it's out there now in a trial, so yeah. It's, Eventually, this is gonna end with them merging and becoming pickle. <laughs> oh oh, the other that was that one of the funniest parts is like in it. By the way, that that whole uh, Sony Revshare thing. 
I think the reason The Verge felt comfortable leaking it is because Tim Sweeney testified. He's the CEO of Epic. He testified that like, oh yeah, no, Sony makes us pay the money for crossplay stuff. So like, that's on the record. Like, an, I'm an not Epic supposed to say thing. that. My lawyer shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, big, big week. So if you if you ever did wonder kind of the ins and outs, at least on the financial side of how the industry worked, uh, pay attention to that trial. You'll learn a lot. Yeah, and how much money is on the line for this shit? It still, like, boggles my mind. Nine billion from one game is, is insane. It's, it's insane. I, I worked in the games industry when we were, like, making our way toward $1 billion annual revenue across every game publisher and every video game. And that was a big mm-hmm. deal at the time. So... Yeah, nine billion for one game in two years? That that's insane. It's, it's unfathomable. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Well that's all the news that's fit to play. Alright. Well, let's move along to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week was uh what character would you want to appear in Mortal Kombat? Um on VigigamePocalypse.com, Hold Me Closer, Necromancer. Says, Hold Me Closer, Necromancer. <laughs> Any of the soups from the boys would be a good fit. Ooh. Seems like it would be easier to do than most characters. They just need to reskin some Injustice heroes and gore that shit up. Also, mm-hmm. the Toxic yeah. Avenger and Machete would be fun additions. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Yep. Can't can't disagree. Uh, Lambert is dead. Says owned by WB and due for a resurgence of some sort. I'd love to see the Gremlins as a playable character, taking liberally from the second movie. You could start with Stripe and as part of your attacks, tagging some of the wackier mutated versions like flying, electric, or spider Gremlins. They'd also lend themselves well to some more OTT moves and attacks as they pile on to your opponent, claw eyes, bite ears, or generally just wail on them with improvised weapons and WB property paraphernalia. Shit, they could even do things like fuck with your opponent's health bar or steal parts of the stamina bars. The fatality would naturally be the game crashing, quote unquote, to the console screen only for Hulk Hogan to pop up and tell them, Hey, you need to quit screwing around and get back to the game, brother. Uh, I'm sure he'd be up for a cameo. He must have, like, no money right now. I think he's doing just fine. But is everyone else up for a cameo? (laughs) I'll take care of it. Hot cold sodas. It's cold hot popcorn. Thank you. There it is. (laughs) Oh, God. That song is so good. Um, There's there's no action figure I want more than Vegetable Gremlin. It's the stupidest Gremlin in Gremlins (laughs) 2. One of my favorite Keen Peel sketches is the Gremlins brainstorm for Gremlins. Yes. <laughs> I, I didn't realize Jordan Peel was dressed like Rick Baker until, <laughs> like, I for a long time. But it's that movie's great, and it, it's almost exactly how they did come up with it. None of us want to do this. Warner Brothers are going to keep throwing more money at it and more create creative freedom. Let's have the most fun we can. And they did at the expense of the franchise. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, no, I don't, I don't know. It's, I think that's the better of the two Gremlins movies. Ooh, you better be. It's definitely be the more more, more fun here. of them. Oh, be careful here. No, I, the, the, they're both they're both fantastic movies, but completely different flavors. Yeah, totally. Lionel Sleepy Face Miles says Travis touchdown his character uh, his character colorful dialogue and overall violence level would be allowed to shine far more in MK than Smash Brothers. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah, that's a good choice. Could have a friendship where he takes a shit on a toilet that just suddenly yeah. appears. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. <laughs> Connor Wade says, I mean, if they're fishing from Warner's vast-ass archive, 
then why not Alex DeLarge from A Clockwork Orange? He's in Space Jam. Hell yeah. If him and his droogs can appear in the fucking Space Jam sequel of all places, then why not in a game that is filled with ultraviolence? Makes way more sense. It does, actually. Um, Yeah, that that scene was weird. Like, I, I saw, like, a couple more shots like freeze frames of it and it's just like oh the the fucking white walkers from game of thrones are in the background yeah yeah it's yeah we've set up all our burdens and we're here to watch a game of the old in out you know it's just whatever was left over from all the composition from ready player one they're like well we got all these characters ready to go (laughs) i I, but i love i watched the trailer again the other day just to confirm the only one who talks is just like we gotta combine yeah yeah doc and then Play this game and then just hear, yeah, <laughs> That's the only person you hear from is Fred Flintstone. <laughs> yeah. He's quite loud. Um, Anthony Garcia says, You're welcome. Since they've crossed paths with DC a bit, I'd want them to cross over with Watchmen in some shape or form. I think the comedian and or Rorschach would fit nicely. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Explode people. I'm not trapped on this 2D plane with you. You're trapped (laughs) here with me. And then lunch straight to the face. Hell yeah. Mm -mm. Uh, Patrick from the Book of Saw says on on Twitter, Graduate from 80s to 90s and include Imhotep, Headless Horseman, and Jack motherfucking Skellington coming up from the Halloween realm to get new scary ideas from Outworld and Netherrealm. Hmm. This is a dumb movie. This is a dumb movie. Oh, no. Dumb movie. Dumb movie. It's what? Sorry, what? Those, are, those movies are all wonderful. I know. I, I just like angering uh, Night Before Christmas fans. Sorry, it's okay. I'm exhausted. I, I like the Corpse Bride. You guys, no one talks about the Corpse Bride. It's, it's a it much fine. better film. I like. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Less less memorable, but I did like that bit where all the people came back from the dead, and it's like, oh, but it's a nice moment actually. Uh, Logical Dojo says, I'm going to get real stupid here. 1994, Jim Carrey. (laughs) Uh, Are they all? They might all be Warner Brothers at this point, Mm. given their acquisitions. Um, Give the choice between The Mask, Lloyd Christmas, or Ace Ventura. Um, All with unique interactions and quips. Not a Mortal Kombat guy, but it would be... Smoking. (laughs) Oh, come on. It's... Smoking, like there that. you go. Wasn't Dumb and Dumber Fox? I, I think it might be no, Disney. No, now. it's new. It's all New Line. Oh, it's um, New Line. I think oh, it's. Sure. I think it's literally all New Line. Okay, all right. Um, oh, that's right. Fox had Fox had like the next round. I think me, myself, and Irene might have been a Fox joint. Yes, or, yeah. and and yeah, they had the the Fairly Brothers, the something about Mary and. Yes. yes. What if it's just Jim Carrey, the actor who doesn't like violent video games that much? Would you like? Would you, would you guys like to talk about my paintings? Huh? Huh? <laughs> uh, at, Z- at underscore zombie underscore panda says, uh, "Mortal Kombat has already added three out of four characters from the slasher horror Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I would love yeah. to see the set completed with Michael Myers included sometime in the future. Hopefully yeah. sooner rather than later. Preferably." Not the Rob Zombie version. Thank you. Oh, behave! That Michael Myers? Yeah. I don't know what it is. Like, I, I watched the the <laughs> Halloween remake recently. The uh, by that I mean the second one. Uh, it is fucking excellent. And like the gray-haired kind of chubby, you barely see Mike Myers. Mm, I'd kind of like that too. The, uh, sorry, if you've never seen that first movie, the first forty-five minutes are all like 
Michael Myers origin story where you get to see a little kid without a mask with Malcolm McDowell. Oh, I've always wondered how he became Michael Myers. Thanks. This makes the movie fantastic. No, it doesn't make the movie any better to learn where he came from. In fact, it like ruins it. I don't want to empathize with this character. I'm rooting to kill everyone. No, I, I, I absolutely adore the most recent uh, it's really movie, good. The one with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, it's it's yes. fantastic. Uh, it it really made me think about like you know the it's it's interesting that all these eighties slasher villains have like very distinctive mo's. Michael Myers is probably the least cruel of them. Like he he builds up fear, but then the actual kills are very efficient and very quick. Yeah, very quick. They always involve mm-hmm. his knife. Whereas you have something like Jason Voorhees, and it's like all of his cruel his kills are exceptionally cruel and brutal and creative. He kills everyone in a very different way. Yeah, it's 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 almost yes, it's you're right. It's almost mean. Like mm-hmm. like this is serial killer origami. Yeah, his his chest popped open to reveal a flesh palace. Thanks, my thanks, Jason <laughs> Voorhees. <laughs> Uh, Jedwards would say, uh, t- 245 would say, He-Man and Skeletor and Mortal Kombat. He-Man, uh, would use the power sword as a weapon and Skeletor could use, could use the whip from Masters of the Universe. I would love to see these characters beat the shit out of each other and perform fatalities. Especially if they had Dolph Lundgren and Frank say, Langella skins. Yeah. They, they would, they would have to do the Dolph Lundgren with the perm and mullet version. That, There's that's no the reason not to do. These I, I this IP is popular, but they cannot stain themselves. They're already stupid, and they come from ill-born means. Like mm-hmm. it's it just horrible, bad toy marketing with no regulation in the market is why we love He-Man. Mm-hmm. We were like I, I I think I heard Mark Marin say that like you were all brain raped by He-Man. Like he's not wrong. No, we we were. That was a a half hour toy commercial that was shopped around the networks as free content. Mm-hmm. Like here, run our ad. My generation that combined with Arnold gave us really bad body issues of like, oh, men are supposed to look like that. And it's like, no, you can't without steroids look like that. Like, it I is, mean, that I mean, was the eighties in general. That was the era yeah. of Schwarzenegger and Stallone at his Ramboist. Like everybody had to be a muscle dude. I'm yeah. lucky to naturally look like that, so <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I understand yeah, yeah, why good. you guys are upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I hear you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, same actually, but. Uh, but yeah, and I just keep thinking of like that Canon Films documentary where they kind of dwell on the that whipping scene is kind of uh, fetishy, isn't it? <laughs> yes, this really yes. belong in a kids movie. <laughs> I mean, they gave uh, the skeleton muscles. Let's mm-hmm. just start there. Why yeah. is Skeletor buff? Is you can <laughs> even see the fucking Cinnabon in the background. It's happening in a mall. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, another one of those stupid, uh, we were not creative enough to set this movie in the character's homeworld, so let's bring yeah. them to America. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Introduce them to Courtney Cox. Mm-hmm. That's what the, that's what the He-Man franchise did. And finally, we have a video answer from Mike Amari, who says... Hey, VJ crew, Mike Amari here with the question of the week. Question of the week, of course, was which guest character would you most like to see in the next Mortal Kombat game? Now, I have to say I love that Mortal Kombat has become the Smash Brothers of horror icons. Uh, I grew up loving the Mortal Kombat games as, you know, a kid. And I also have been a longtime horror fan. So this is really just the peanut butter and jelly of entertainment for me. Uh, for me, though, I would love to see them use someone a little less known. Don't go for Pinhead. Don't go for Chucky. Don't go for the guys that people are going to... Uh, 
expect you to do. Uh, I want you to go with someone a little less known. Go for Sutter Kane from John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. I now, if you haven't Sutter seen In the Kane. Mouth of Madness, it is one of John Carpenter's most unsung films. Uh, you should really see it. It's about uh, Sutter Kane, a writer who is basically just a stand-in for Stephen King, uh, who goes missing, and we find out that the horrific things that he's writing have been coming true. That basically his writing allows him to open up portals to Lovecraftian demons and stuff like that. Uh, so I would love to see a character like this just kind of standing there with a book and a pen and like you know you do a move set and he scratches in the book and uh, you know a big fist comes out of the ground or like he calls in a bunch of demons uh it would be a really interesting character to have where he would look unassuming and unimposing but would have all these powers derived directly from the book that he's holding uh so i would love to see that not only because it would be an interesting character but also because it would bring more attention to this movie that I think more people should see. So if you have not seen In the Mouth of Madness, please go see it. It is really is John Carpenter, one of one of John Carpenter's best. Uh, thank you for being with me this week, guys. I look forward to being with you again next week. Thank you. Yeah, it really is a fun-ass movie. I look forward to the poor man's version of that. Uh, Will Ferrell's character from Stranger Than Fiction appearing in Mortal Kombat. So. Mm, yeah. Little beady-eyed P.T.S. Anderson guy. It's the sim- similar it. premise. That a writer, what she writes happens in his life, I think. And yeah, mm. I, I want to not... see John Candy in Delirious, which is also that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, new question of the week. Tell us your favorite blockbuster memory uh, because of Pokemon Snap with the little kiosk thing. Um, I'm sure Matt has a more positive one than mine. I, I still remember... When Blockbuster was the conglomerate upstart that was shutting down mom and pop video shops and coming they under, they always were, and if they survived, yeah. they would be the worst. Yeah. So qu- coming stop coming under stuff. heavy fire because their whole strategy was like we are going to stock hundreds of copies of new releases, and everything else is uninteresting. If you're telling me you thought you knew this and thought this as a kid, I'm calling bullshit. We no, well, I mean, we as didn't, a, we didn't get a blockbuster things. until I was a teenager, and by then I was very tuned into this shit. Oh, okay. uh, but uh, I, I guess <laughs> one of my favorite memories is an extremely snooty one because there was a Chinese film called King of Masks that came out in like 2000, 2001. <laughs> Uh, I, I thought it was amazing, but I rented it there and the guy was like looking at it and looking at me and was like, you know, this has subtitles, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, well, okay. Cause you know, a lot of people, they, they come back and complain that a movie has subtitles. Like, no, hey, I understand. This guy's going to go read a movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was another time that I was at that same one. And they were talking about, like, they don't have any power in California. They they had to film Jay Leno by candlelight. And it's like, <laughs> all right. First off, that had actually happened during the rolling blackouts. That they, hey, they did an episode of The Tonight yeah. Show by candlelight, quote, unquote. Uh, be, but it was a parody thing. Like, they had to have power to run the cameras, doofus. Also, it was a rerun. <laughs> this guy was commenting on something that had happened, like, six months previous. So, like, yeah, you guys, I work in a newspaper. You guys don't pay attention to anything. That's what I'm talking about. That's the memory I wanted because yeah. <laughs> we were not walking into a – I would have been 21. I'm not walking into a – like a fucking blockbuster to get a Pokemon Snap thing mm-hmm. printed out. Are you crazy? 
No. I, I love, Michael, that you assume I have good memories of a Blockbuster. Why else would you put it there? <laughs> Motherfucker, I worked in a Blockbuster. Of course oh, I don't God. have good memories of Blockbuster. No, right. um, I worked I worked in a Blockbuster one summer. I think my fondest memory there... I mean, it was always... It, it was kind of cool to work in a video store. But yes, I so I worked for Sumner Redstone in Viacom. Um, I worked In the location I worked in, the big thing was like... Apparently, Burt Ward, uh, Robin from TV's wow. Batman and Robin, like lived in the area, and he would come, come in, in and the sell store. dog food. And everyone's just like, um, he's kind of an asshole, so be nice to Burt Ward. Like I remember being warned specifically about Burt Ward, and I'm like, fine, what do I care? <laughs> like, don't don't say any Batman lines to him. I'm like, look who you're talking to. Like I'm gonna fucking holy guacamole. It's Burt mm-hmm. Ward. Avoid the word holy around him. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Don't tell him the new Eddie Murphy movie. And holy motors do not recommend it to him at all. So yeah, I have a lot of a lot of memories of fond memories of a summer of just kinda yeah, working at a blockbuster. A lot of very similar to like how Brett has his memories of Toys R Us of like mm. that fucking video loop that we had to play every single day that every three hours I heard that same Dave Matthews song because it was in that fucking video loop. And- yeah, like when 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 the tape would run out and we were like supposed to rewind it and restart the tape, it's just like, oh, I forgot to rewind that the four hours ago. I'm sorry, Mr. Manager, who's just stopping by one time on a weekend because he doesn't want to be here on weekends. Like, God, I've always wanted to be Mr. Manager. <laughs> uh, so did did Burt Ward ever come in? Not, I mean, he never when I was there. I didn't I didn't see him. So. Like, I'm just imagining him like trying to bait you into saying it, like. Would you yeah. say that this is an entirely good movie? Like, what's a synonym for entirely? Yeah, he, he, he keeps trying to rent Batman forever. I'm like, there's just something lacking about it. What would you say for right. a tip? What was the name of that cheese? Oh man, it's got it's. It, what? How would you describe Swiss cheese to me again? Uh, not falling for that, Bert. Get yeah. out of here. Uh, Get out of here. Holy rusted. I'm, I'm trying to think of a word for a priest's demeanor. What would that be? <laughs> What if I just looked him in the eye and was like, I much prefer Chris O'Donnell's Robin. Ooh, he would punch wow. you square in the fucking face. And that, that's such a hard sentence to say sincerely anyway. I know. Like, like, that's, uh, I know. That's, and yet, I did. <laughs> no, never, never. I saw a bunch of people posting that today. Like, um, there's been a billion cooler Batmans, but like, I grew up watching... Adam West every day is Batman for an hour and it's the coolest thing I've ever seen it's it's it, like it's the most joy I've, I've had around Batman usually now Batman is cool and violent but like that shit was awesome every day never mind no I hear you, I hear you. but so yeah I, I have a lot, lot of you know typical Joe job work memories of, of working a, a blockbuster store doing the Blow drying the fucking cellophane stuff to wrap the, the used videos and stuff. I did all that stuff, dude. I, I applied all the time and then like, um, and, and never got the job. And then we sort of realized we could send our cute girl friends over to Blockbuster and they would automatically get the jobs without an interview. Mm. Where, and, and, and they did. And at the time this was happening, my, my girlfriend was working there and, I'm putting these in, in order of importance. Um, I had a DVD burner and a friend who would print me out covers of the state. So if you came in this house, I have like 700 bootleg blockbuster era. I, I was going, I had a Netflix account and I was going to the public library every week to burn, I think, 
14 to 15 to 25 movies a week with perfectly printed out covers. I have, I have hundreds of movies in the garage that I don't think play on most DVD players. I, I want to say when I worked there, it was pre-DVD. It was like just straight okay. up video. And so it was very much like gather the return bins and put them in the rewind machine and make sure they're all rewound and shit like that. That is a completely different sound and I, I respect it. Um, there is, <laughs> there's something about the sound of a VHS tape falling through it through a, a, a drop-off bin. <laughs> Always sound like it's breaking, like half Yeah, breaking. it sounds like a man turned to stone, and but all you can hear is the contents of his pocket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but also, that girl was the horniest girl I had ever dated. I fucked all over that blockbuster and had all sorts of illicit sex uh, in and around that thing Gross. and in that shirt. Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah. Cause I, uh, I know how those back rooms smelled because, and you probably remember this, Chris, you, you fornicated where all you smelled was the fake butter smell from popcorn. Yeah. Like the, the back room, that's that all it smelled like. carpet and candy smell. Yeah. It, 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 like, it, it, it did it for us. butter is the question. No! No, <laughs> nothing like that. That girl was, was down to clown any time right. and like, uh, I've never had more sex with my shoes on uh, than when th- that, that girl in her blockbuster outfit. So yeah, I can you know I can conjure a chubby thinking of those times because like it was weird and crazy and yeah we we probably came on your South Park DVD nice. if you like <laughs> also gross yeah hope you enjoyed Hannibal we did so that's your blockbuster memory Chris is just fuck yes yes so you're Having saying blockbuster still gives you an erection to this day. I, I'm, I'm saying, I like, if I had to get there um, in any modern sexual situation, which I don't want to be in, mm-hmm. um, like, yeah, I'd probably have to think about an incident in a blockbuster. <laughs> I do remember one weird memory. I don't know if it was a good memory, but so I worked at a location not near my house because the one near my house wasn't hiring. So I was at the Corona, California location, and someone dropped a video off that belonged to the location that was right down the street from my house. So I remember being like... Oh, sure, I'll take this back after my shift. And, like, it, it felt weird to... It felt like I was, like, going to a different high school. Like, you know when you, like, would visit another high school? It's yeah. just like, I'm on I'm on the I'm the away team here. We I mean, all work you're, for You're going to see Bizarro Matt. Yeah, but it's it's just like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm here in the khaki pants and the navy blue shirt or whatever, you know, the uniform was at the time. And it's like, but I'm not one of you motherfuckers. I'm over here in the Corona stuff. I'm not one of you motherfuckers. I'm the captain of the tuba team. I'm the captain <laughs> of the clarinet team. <laughs> It was very much, yeah, like an anchor man, you know, news anchor fight moment. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So, what is your favorite blockbuster memory? Doesn't have to be positive, but it can be. Uh, you know, I know you're you're not shy about telling us we're a bunch of cranky old assholes. Uh, so, tell us what what did you like about blockbuster? Do you do you have a favorite memory of a time you were in a blockbuster? Maybe you used the Pokemon machine. Maybe you were renting a snooty DVD. Tell us about it. Go to vidgamepocalypse.com and answer into the comments for episode 418. Or visit the official Laser Time community on Facebook and answer there. Finally, you can also ping us on Twitter at VGApocalypse and we will collect the best answers and read them on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Chris, uh, let's go out with some plugs. What do you want to promote? Mystery Science Theater 3000 is is the best thing you could put your money behind. Mm. After that, patreon.com slash laser time. New episode of Sick of Star Wars is up right now. And so is, uh, uh, I sorry, I feel sick. I'm very tired. You worked uh, very hard to put up uh, Oscar time. Yeah, I mean, 
I have heard no feedback on that, so I guess no one gives a shit. But uh, it's up there, and it took forever. Um, but uh, that and uh, you guys joined us for a new 30 2010 games. Yep. Yep. I recently appeared on uh, Tanglers in the Time Machine, a podcast my buddy Ryan Aday started up, uh, where we go back in time to an event and really just talk all about that event. They'll be like, they'll pick a random day and uh, talk about a pop culture thing that happened mm. that day. So I, I typically get called in to talk about, you know, my specialties video games, wrestling, and Disney parks. So, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I was on that. Um, so was I. Yeah, yeah, Chris was on one too. Uh, I, I was streaming again lately. I was playing some uh, Spider Man, Spider Man. I, I platinumed Miles Morales, and then I played through all the DLC of the OG Spider Man. Um, so I'll be streaming some of these new games coming out soon as well. That's, I started uh, Breath of the Wild again, woo-ray. and I don't regret it. Uh, Maddie C. Allen, where you can find me on the Twitch and the Twitter. Fantastic. As always, you can visit us online at vigigamepocalypse.com. Uh, visit us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or follow me personally at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Uh, anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. doesn't matter like we'll get it on tape edit point right there matt um cool